Hi, I'm Phil Arula from Cambridge, Mass., and you're listening to Two Bald Pastors, connecting real faith with real life. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations of the New England Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, or as we like to call it, the ELCA. Today we are talking with Joel and Amy Pakin. They are the band Tangled Blue, and we welcome you to the podcast. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. So let's uh, get started kind of getting to know you guys a little bit. Tell us a little bit about Tangled Blue and, and how you guys got started doing this. Yeah, well, we met in college back in uh, the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> we had we had one class together, and it was an extremely boring class that required lots of daydreaming to get through. I happened to bring a guitar in because I didn't want to leave it in my car where it would get cold. That's a good 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 decision. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, man. Amy and I, especially when we were younger, we used to play a lot of youth gatherings for Lutheran churches all across the country. And, and would always joke, like, with, like, teenage boys, I'd be like, you don't even need to learn how to play guitar. You don't even need to own a guitar. Just get a guitar case. <laughs> That's it. Everywhere yeah. you go. Yeah. I mean, you can put whatever you want. You put your cat in there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just, because, you know. because being a musician, I was drawn like a moth to the flame. Yeah. <laughs> a guitar case. Anyway, hoping there was a guitar in there. It, it certainly wasn't my, my look at the time, which was um, heavily influenced by the Seattle grunge scene. So I had, um, nice. uh, you know, qu- quite long down the middle of my back hair and um, uh, seven different flannels that I wore repeatedly. So mm, we've all had those phases, yeah. <laughs> you guys both had hair down the middle of your back? <laughs> At one point. Uh, yeah. yeah, mine was not that long, but I had the mop, you know, where you kind of shave uh, yeah. the underneath part. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. And then the lo- the top came well over my ears. I mean, and and then the mm-hmm. front would hang past my chin. I could tuck it behind my ears for sure. Yeah. Oh, see now, I think I think your listeners are going to demand to see that photo. <laughs> well, I have, uh, there are some of them, yeah. Right, Which right, do exist. Good. Yeah, we'll put that picture in the show notes for everybody. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, we met in college and we had one conversation and this one class together, and then we went our separate ways. I joined a band that went to Australia and New Zealand for seventeen months, and and Joel, what did you do? I I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> nice and um. I, I got a degree in communication and business, but it was from a Lutheran college, so that set me up for my first job after college to be a Lutheran church music director. <laughs> nice. uh, right. Yeah, so I moved to Chicago and, and uh, became a, a music director for a church in suburban Chicago, and then um, and had a band th- you know, throughout most of college, and we kept on playing after college. And so then when, when Amy came back from Australia, she was in another band, uh, another wonderful songwriter by the name of Kathy Pino. Kathy and Amy, their band was called Fat and Happy. 
which is just a great band name. Nice. I, yeah, that is. Yeah. I, I loved it, man. I'm trying to when. So then it was like I think it was like 1998 where we got booked at the same festival. Yep. And I'm trying to remember. I want to say that my band opened up for Fat and Happy, which is. I don't. I think Fat and Happy maybe opened up for Cross. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know, man. I. I, I so think, yeah, Joel's band's name was Cross-Eyed. Yeah. So Cross-Eyed. Okay. If the bands had been merged together, then the band, the one new band, would have been called Cross-Eyed Fat and Happy. <laughs> and, uh, no, no one wants to see that. No, you know? no, no, it's just not appealing. So, after we were married in 2001, we started getting scheduled to play lots of different events, but a lot of the kind of youth gathering, Lutheran youth gatherings around the country, and we needed a name to call ourselves. And so we, at one of the very first events, we had the youth vote on what they thought was. We had given them like three or four different options. Uh, one of them was Tangled Blue. And that was the one that won, thankfully, because the, one of the other bands that was in the band names that was in the running was uh, Fuzzy Side Down. So, <laughs> not quite as good. And and then you know we had to do that very Lutheran thing to ask you know what does this mean? Right. And, right. Uh, you know, Tangle Blue we kind of think of as a baptism reference, kind of this idea of being tangled up in the waters of baptism, tangled up in God, God in heaven, and Jesus. You know. I don't know what the theological reference would have been for Fuzzy Side Down. <laughs> uh, God finds us in the deepest, darkest places. <laughs> when you stumble and fall, God will be there. Wouldn't that be, you know, those who have hair, you know, Fuzzy Side Down in the baptismal waters? You know, could do that. I was thinking more like lint. You know, you just you can never get rid of lint, just like God's always there. <laughs> <laughs> See, we can make it work. If you ever want to change your band God's name, there. if you ever want to change your band name, we'll, we'll help you with the theological uh, connection. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that's a bit of our story, uh, how we got going. Um, we've driven now, we're getting close to 700,000 miles on three different vans over uh, almost 15 years of doing this together. Wow. Yeah. So how do you make all of that work between uh, being the band, driving around, getting new vans, having a life? How does, how does that uh, fit together for you guys? Yeah, we're not sure how it works, really. <laughs> we're in the middle of it, and we're not even sure how. <laughs> okay. Definitely God's provision. Right? Yeah, right. Oh, so um, much. People ask us all the time, like people who have more stationary lives, where they both go off, like a husband and wife, or you know, a couple goes off to work every day, and at the end of the day, they come back together and kind of catch each other up on their lives. Our life is pretty much 24-7 together, and it's just the way that it's always been. And so people always ask us how it works, and I guess we just really like each other. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good thing. We get along really well. I don't know. At the end of the day, we don't have to catch each other up on what's happened. So Yeah. It's a very different way to communicate because it's so um, immediate. And, and so at the end of the day, when we have an opportunity to just kind of think through the day. We just kind of are able to kind of look at each other and be like, oh, yeah, that was really great. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> or, oh, really yeah. <laughs> oh, that was really awful. <laughs> you know, right, right. We experienced it together, so. <laughs> so how would you describe to people the, the music that you play and, and what inspires you in your writing of, of the music? Uh, probably the easiest little, you know, one-sentence definition would be folk and roll because it's kind of folky music but it's uh, rock and roll it's not sleepy 
music. I, I play guitars and sing and uh, do some wind instruments. Uh, Amy plays drums and sings. And then on the recordings, we also both play um, piano, organ, keyboard stuff. Amy all play, also plays bass. And then we sometimes bring out other instrumentalists in with us too, but uh, a, a good chunk of our recordings are just basically the two of us playing lots of different instruments. And as far as what inspires us, when you drive that many miles of roads together, you get lots of great vistas to kind of just think about and, and just all kinds of things that you see right, right outside your window. Of course, they're passing by at, you know, 70 miles an hour, but um, <laughs> it's, it's great. And I think, you know, we meet so many people along the way and we've received the gift of hearing a lot of people's stories along the way also. And um, in those stories, I hear hope and I hear struggle and I hear God's love and I hear doubt and I hear, you know, we hear all of these stories of people's lives and that can't help, you can't help but be influenced by that. And I, and I really feel like those stories go into our music as well. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, you know, people will share with us that they've heard a song of ours that is touching their lives. And the reality is that we write for ourselves too. We write what we need to hear. And so many times those songs come back to us in our lives and speak to us where we are too. So it's the people that we meet and the things that we need to hear. And right now we're in New Orleans. Um, we're writing a, a new liturgy. The vision is to infuse it with New Orleans sounds. So we're taking in a lot of New Orleans music and seeing a lot of New Orleans sights. And right now I feel like that's coming out in what we're writing. So yeah, yeah, this awesome. Yeah, this project is really it's it is really interesting and it's stretching us as musicians. And we're getting to partner with musicians that we wouldn't have another opportunity to uh, if we didn't, you know, just kind of pack up and move down here for for the good chunk of six months. So we're we're in the kind of middle of that right now. We moved down here uh, middle of February, and we're in the writing and recording process right now. In fact, I was I was up early this morning doing some editing to get ready for a recording session with the trumpeter tonight. And uh, just having access to these this level of musicianship is great. Now we have great musicians in Minneapolis, and I love when we get to partner with some because Minneapolis is just such a musical town. But so is New Orleans, and New Orleans has just a little bit different musical tradition, musical vibe, and so it's it's a different feel, but both really good. So yeah, so that's what we're doing right now. That's cool. I uh, just to double back on something Amy said. I'm sure Joe can relate, and he'll probably say the same thing. But as preachers, I think a lot of time we preach to ourselves in the same way that you're saying. You know, you kind of relate those stories or, or the things that people are going through, and what you need to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the same. The same is true for us. I mean, it's this is the question I have, or the thing I'm struggling with, and you're kind of opening that up and, and sharing it in a in a new way. So that, that's really cool. And I think it acknowledges the fact that we all have stories and we all have struggles yeah, right. and we all have joys. And yeah, in the midst of that work, God is speaking to us too, you know? I, yeah, I totally agree. And, and when we put our heart out there, just like when you put your heart out there in, the, in your music, I mean, people really get that. It's, it's one thing to get up there and to either preach or to 
to play or sing and people know if you're just faking it or if you're just doing it mm -hmm. but if you put your heart and soul into it that's when people really connect with you exactly yeah so speaking of stories we'd like to hear a couple of stories about just life on the road can you just share a story that stands out to you something that just was simply amazing that happened that that you guys kind of carry with you while you travel i think the thing that is kind of perpetually amazing to me is that we get to play a lot of the same places a few times. So we'll play at a place and get to know some people there. And then, you know, a year later, we'll come back and meet those same people. Like we've been playing a youth gathering in North Dakota for 14 years. Yeah. And so we've seen some of those kids from when they're 11 into adulthood, mm. getting married, having families. The thing that's amazing to me is seeing how... You know, specifically in that youth gathering case, those kids grow up into who they are going to be and who God is creating them to be. And getting to walk alongside them in the journey is something that is perpetually amazing. Seeing where um, God has taken them and where God is leading them. And that's something that kind of happens over time. And it's an unusual gift for us because we don't always get to see people like that in a, you know, like a year, year cycle. Yeah. So, yeah. I know that's not like a, wow, um, <laughs> kind of amazing story, but to me, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah, a little I, bit. I, wow. I mean, that's, that's great. I mean, that's just to be able to see people over time and how that evolves and how you evolve in the midst of it as well is, is mm -hmm. really, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's a gift to be able to be a part of. I suppose in a lot of ways, there aren't a lot of pastors who have 14 years in the same community and Granted, these 14 years are like twice a year. So we get tiny little windows. Tiny little windows, but for right. 14 years, that's, that's been a real gift to be able to see the long ball, I guess, a little bit more um, than just the, you know, the one-off. Because there's lots of places, too, where we'll, we'll play there just the one time for a special event, or you know, and that'll be it. So, yeah. I'd say, I don't know, so, some of the stories, like, like if I were to share... One of the really great stories from the last couple of years, it um, man, there's just so many stories because we we joke with our audiences that we basically just write songs about the people that we meet, and so if we hang out in their town long enough, we're going to end up writing a song about them. That's <laughs> it. So um, so we were we got asked by uh, our friends uh, George and Michael. They're in this duo called Lost and Found, and and they asked to us to come and play in Germany with them. And so we got to go and play in Germany in 2013, and we went there again in 2015, and we're going again to play for this festival that they're doing called the Luther 500, so we're playing there in 2017, too. Yeah. And the first day that we were in Germany at the Luther 500 in 2013, they said, we would like you to go and play some, some of the small towns outside of Wittenberg. And we said, great, where are we going? They said, you're going to go play this town called Schmilkendorf. And we were like, oh, that's just that's just way too uh, fun a word to say. Does that even right. exist? Yeah, you right. guys just like... <laughs> you guys yeah, make it stuff up. Like, Come on. <laughs> so there was this, uh, this German uh, Lutheran pastor was there. He said, oh, I can drive you there. He, I have a van. We said, great. We, we hopped in the van. We started going. Couldn't find Schmilkendorf. It wasn't his church. And then he, he like turned on his GPS. And it was like really funny because this, this lady started speaking in German with a British accent out of the GPS and she couldn't find Schmilkendorf. And so finally we, we found this town that was this, this, this town of about a hundred stone homes 
with this little hill in the center of town that had this stone church and the the stones for those walls had been stacked in the 1100s. Wow. It was actually Schmokendorf. Wow. Small, yeah, small yeah, small, it did it, exist. It did exist, right? <laughs> so, so we we walk into the back of the church, to the only door in the back of this little this little church that's been there for 900 plus years, and every seat was filled. We had a sellout crowd in Schmilkendorf. Oh, 45 40, people. Yeah, 40, 45 <laughs> Sellout crowd. 20% of the, of the population of, of Schmilkendorf, you know, showed up. And so, and it was really, like, when we walked in, it was, it was really funny because, like, the altar area was bare, and every seat was filled, but they were all just sitting in the sanctuary silent, like they were, like, praying or something, but they weren't talking to one another. They were just sitting there looking forward and so we walked into the back, and we were like, "Oh no, <laughs> they're really, you know, because they looked like typical German people." Which um, I'm half German, so I can say, like, you know, typical. Uh, there's a, a typical German look to my memory that um, from northern Wisconsin. That is, you're constantly angry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. I mean, you're not. You don't like. You know, like the, the emotions of joy don't like seep their way outside into your lips, <laughs> not your face. It's right? the in, in, internal joy that you experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There so it we, is. Internal joy. Yeah, right. So, we, so we walk up and we're like thinking to ourselves, well, what's a word that we can share with these r- folks in this rural community? And we don't share a language. We don't, you know, we probably don't share much at all. And and so Amy and I did, the first song we did was we did a, a Kyrie. It was a Kyrie that we had written for our home congregation back in Minneapolis. And we started singing this Kyrie. And of course, it just the words Kyrie eleison, Christ eleison, that they knew those words. And so they were able to start to interact with us and start to sing. And it sounded so good in that room. It just sounded amazing, these 45 voices that knew the space and the space knew them. In fact, the space probably knew their parents and grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents. And so as they sang this new melody, this ancient prayer, it just felt like the whole room was singing, the the walls themselves. And so... Stones, yeah. Yeah, right. The stones were crying out. It It was just... It was just amazing. And so we... We say now, whenever we go to a congregation and we lead worship music on Sunday morning and they sing out really well, we say, like, wow, you really Schmilkendorfed that. You know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, it sounded so good. You, you, it was like you were from Schmilkendorf, you know. So it's just uh, that was just such a great experience. And uh, there, there are so many that um, I don't know how, how long do you how many how many episodes do you want of this podcast? <laughs> and I remember, you know, I met you both first in in New York when I was leading a confirmation camp and invited you to come out and play. And we had you come a number of years. I, I don't know how many times you've been out there. Probably four or five, maybe. Uh, yeah. Now yeah. I, is this maybe our sixth summer? Sixth, We're going yeah. back. I think, this, summer. I think okay. this will be our summer, maybe seven. Yeah. 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 So it's it's getting it's getting to those North Dakota levels. You know? <laughs> yeah, but I, I I just remember talking with the uh, the kids, you know, after you guys were there, and and then having them look forward to having you guys come back, and and then as you build those relationships and you get to know some of those kids, I know exactly what you mean when you say you have that community that you're you're building, and then from the first time when a lot of the kids didn't really know. You or your music, after you come a number of years, they start singing and because they know, have the CDs, they have you know the experience of you coming there and, and 
it's a very impactful, impactful thing. Yeah. It is for us too. It's mm-hmm. a real gift to be able to, to live this life. I mean, it's yeah. pretty brilliant. It's awesome. Not everything always goes well, you know, as we True. know. As we know, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After struggling for a little bit here. Yeah, so tell us a time when, when things didn't work out so well, when, when you were out and, and just, you know, as, as luck have it, it just wasn't really working out uh, for one reason or another. The story that comes to my mind is um, Joel and I were driving from Walla Walla, Washington to Omaha, Nebraska, and... Um, the shortest distance between Walla Walla, Washington and Omaha, Nebraska is uh, through the state of Wyoming. And we were driving and driving, and about midnight, um, Joel was asleep, was asleep in the pas- yeah. passenger seat. Yep. And um, I noticed that the lights on our van were starting to dim. And I was like, oh, that's really weird. And then it kept going, and then the lights on the inside of the van started to dim. And I was like, oh, this is a problem. And I turned to Joel and I said, Joel, I think our alternator is failing. I got to take this next exit. And so um, there are like eight exits in Wyoming, if you've ever driven across it. <laughs> All <of> Wyoming. <laughs> like, it is one really huge state with eight yeah. exits. Yeah, right. And we happened to be at one, and it was in Rock Springs, Wyoming. And everything died just as we hit the exit ramp. Yeah. And so we coasted down to the bottom. And Joel pulled out his computer and connected to the internet and was Googling like crazy, trying to find like a mechanic shop or a tow truck or something. Well, and we were driving a VW van, uh, which we loved. It was by far our favorite vehicle. It was our, the first vehicle Amy and I bought together. It was perfect for what we were doing and how we traveled. But um, there was one VW dealership in all of Wyoming. Ooh. And uh, for further reference, it's in Casper. Yeah, which <laughs> about four hours, I think, roughly <laughs> from where from we were. Where we were. Oh man! Um, so, but there was a there was a mechanic in town. Um, it was Steve's Auto Shop that came up on Google, and and uh, and according to uh, according to the Google, it said, uh, "Yeah, Steve's Auto Shop. He knows how to work on VWs." So. We had a record come and, and tow our van to Steve's, and uh, then we um, got a uh, room at the uh, inappropriately named Quality Inn, <laughs> and uh, and then we next day we went up to Steve's and um, you know g- walking up to Steve's auto shop it was um, this 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 uh, uh, metal building that was. I'm surrounded by the carcasses of VWs gone by. And probably 30 feral cats. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are cats everywhere. I have no explanation. Well. <laughs> so, so Steve comes out and he's, he says, um, he takes one look at our van. It was a 2001 uh, model, and so it wasn't an old VW van. It was a newer one. And he looks at it and he says, uh, so does this still have the battery under the front seat? <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, no, and the engine's up front. And then he says these really fateful words. He says, I think you better leave the manual. (laughs) (laughs) So so this is happening, and we're like, we're playing a lock-in in Omaha, Nebraska that night. And now we have like, I don't know, something ridiculous, like eight hours to get there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. So so we ended up like renting a, a Jeep and loading as much gear as we could in. And then we got to the lock-in. It was, we were supposed to play at like 10. We got there at 
one in the morning or and, but the kids were still awake so we did a concert <laughs> at one o'clock in the morning oh my gosh wow and uh, right and then we drove the you know 12 hours back to rock, rock springs, springs wyoming which was it was thanksgiving weekend and uh steve had promised us he would get the alternator replaced yeah. by thanksgiving well it turns out there were no alternators that fit our van anywhere in the united states oh my gosh oh no i know right and so then we ended up through we ended up getting stranded in rock springs for a second weekend over thanksgiving there was only one restaurant open on thanksgiving that was um a sushi place in Rock Springs, Wyoming, which we decided not to trust. <laughs> also, for further reference, do not eat sushi in Wyoming. <laughs> so we had a we had a bag of salad from Walmart that we squirted ranch dressing into the bag and chicken from the sushi place, and that was Thanksgiving meal. Wow! <laughs> uh, so so it, it took like three weeks and took three weeks and 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 another four rental cars. Yeah, it was the most expensive alternator um, anyone has ever. You know, <laughs> and uh, and it was it was right at the time when Amy and I had just purchased our very first home in Minneapolis. So we ended up driving back to Minneapolis in a rental. Uh, it was just insanity. It was it was um, yeah. It was it was at that point where we decided, well, maybe we better look for a more popular vehicle where parts exist. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. So how many days of the year are you on the road? Yeah, I mean that's uh, it. You know, it fluctuates, um, and it's sure, very sure. Yeah. so we our summers are our busiest season, and that's when we're really on the road a lot. Um, we play over a hundred nights a year, and that translates into you know probably you know 150 to 200 nights of being out on the road. Okay. Uh, to get those 100 performance days in. And almost every weekend, we're playing yeah. music for worship somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, two-thirds to maybe a half of, of the year, we're probably on the road. Yeah. And while you're on the road, uh, what where do you find inspiration? I, I mean, I know in the work and meeting people, but um, is there something that keeps you going? We, uh, wow, is there something that keeps us going? Well, we... While we're driving down the highway, we read out loud to each other. Yeah. Oh, cool. Which is really fun. Like, it's usually either books someone has recommended or, like, we read all of the Lord of the Rings series and we read all of the Hunger Games out loud and we read all of the Harry Potter books out loud. Um, yep. So we've, you know, sometimes it's a theologian. Like, we recently read uh, Nadia Boltz Weber's latest, most recent book. and Excellent yep. Saints. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Um, so that keeps us going, but I think um, we love what we do. Yeah, we find joy in the work that we're doing every day, and the people that we meet keep us going. And I think, you know, if it were to all come to an end, the thing that I would miss the most would be um, being able to to share good news through music with people, and also um, people. <laughs> yeah. Great. Those conversations that we get to have. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, Amy and I have both had. Um, we've we've honestly had a, a a lot of of good fortune and and providence in the work that we've, you know, that's been put in front of us. So, um, but having said that, there's we've we've also both had jobs that we didn't like. 
um, you know, uh, I, I've had a, a few little marketing gigs that were not all that great. And um, I was a driver's ed teacher once. <laughs> okay. You know, and so so we, we kind of have perspective um, that makes us uh, really grateful for the opportunity to do not only what we love, what um, but what we feel called to, and to have the opportunity to kind of hone this craft of music uh, and being a musician, this craft work of musicianship, to have this opportunity to kind of hone it to this level because people have gifted us with their time and their attention and their funds to, to have this life, to live this life together and to grow um, as musicians. Um, it's just such a blessing. Uh, I, I, I wake up grateful so often. Um, this morning I woke up at about five to five in the morning <laughs> and I was, I was ready to go. I was like, oh man, this is going to be such a great day. <laughs> I got, I got in here to the church. We, we have our recording studio set up here at uh, Grace Lutheran Church on Canal Boulevard in New Orleans. And uh, I got in here and um, after doing some editing of guitar tracks that Amy and I had recorded yesterday, I, at 7.30 in the morning, I was recording clap tracks. I was just <laughs> clapping to a microphone for a new gospel acclamation, Alleluia, that we've been <laughs> writing for the last day or two, because I wanted to have something to kind of give the sense of the rhythm to the trumpeter who's coming tonight. And uh, dang, that it was just the best. At 7.30 in the morning, I'm clapping away. <laughs> <to a microphone laughs> That's awesome. All by it. yourself. All by myself. Amy's sleeping. <laughs> Amy's completely. Oh, yeah, I didn't wait until <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so can you uh, talk to us and tell us ab about a, a quote that means a lot to you, something that has inspired you recently or has been with you for a while? Uh, yeah, okay. So, of course, the recent one is the, the one that comes to mind right now. So um, I think Amy's got it here. We were, we were, we subscribed to a number of different little uh, email, you know, lists from Richard Rohr and, and Frederick Buechner. And so this came across our email from Frederick Buechner. Where do you want to start? You want to start there? Oh, you want me to read it? <laughs> okay. just, just hearing you is inspiration. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. So, um... There are two parts to this quote, and I, I, I used one of we We gave a musical homily this past weekend uh, here at Grace, and so this was part of it, and then there was another part. So, okay, Frederick Buechner, he says, uh, Remember above all what he has done in Christ. Remember those moments in our own lives when with only the dullest understanding but with the sharpest longing we have glimpsed that Christ's kind of life is the only life that matters and that all other kinds of life are riddled with death. Remember those moments in our lives when Christ came to us in countless disguises through people who one way or another strengthened us, comforted us, healed us, judged us by the power of Christ alive within them. Hmm. Yeah, man, isn't that great? That's, that's <laughs> great. So that, there's this other part that I love, and, I, and, and this probably touches on my love of being outside and I, I love I love that we have 
these these big windows in our van to kind of take in the world as we drive around the country. So this one is um, uh, let the sea roar and all that fills it, let the field exalt and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the woods sing for joy, says David, and shall is the verb of hope. Then death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning nor crying. Then shall my eyes behold him and not as a stranger. Then his kingdom shall come at last and his will shall be done in us and through us and for us. Then the trees of the wood shall sing for joy as already they sing a little even now sometimes when the wind is in them and as underneath their singing our own hearts too already sing a little sometimes at this holy hope we have. Hmm. Ugh, I, know, right? I love that shall is a word of hope. Yeah. yeah. I learned recently that uh, trees basically breathe once a day. So when you're thinking of uh, the trees singing a song, it's a nice long note. It's cool. Ah, wow. wow, right. They breathe once a day. What does that mean? Well, yeah, is- well I learned this from a friend of mine. It Basically, you know how they take in CO2 and breathe out oxygen yeah uh-huh. but that that breath is a 24-hour cycle wow so uh yeah so when you're thinking That's... of the trees singing just think of the the longness of it the uh, right that's one long note that's, that's yeah it's just it's cool there's something there that captures my imagination the idea of a of a really long exhale yeah, you know exactly. that, yeah. Like when you, when you have this kind of moment, uh, or when I have a kind of a moment of just release. Sometimes it's released from attention, or sometimes it's a release from just like something that happened really that was really really amazing. It's a long exhale. You kind of do that, ah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Right. Wow. Interesting. Trees do that. Uh. <laughs> Perpetually. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Believed, I guess. We're just too busy to notice the kind of one of those right. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got a question there, Jeff? Yeah. Why don't we move to this? Um, so you have something new coming up in the fall. You want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. Sure. So um, with the... Uh, the, the story is that uh, Amy and I have been chewing on uh, going to seminary for quite some time and uh, decided this past year to make that, that shift and, and apply to seminaries. And so we've decided we're going we're going to we've been accepted and we are going to attend the seminary, the Lutheran Seminary in Philadelphia. Congratulations. And yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, that's yeah. great. It is It is great. Um, we're going to keep doing Tangled Blue. Uh, also, we're just going to shift our um, kind of geographic base to the to the eastern seaboard, so we'll have a lot more opportunity to be in, uh, you know, in your guys' neck of the woods. Where it's yeah, safe yeah. to eat sushi. Yes. It is yes. safe to eat sushi, yes. It is. <laughs> um, and, and it was really an, an interesting process because we, even though we love... Uh, Minneapolis, and I, I was I was thinking on it today as I was um, as we were walking uh, to get some lunch. 
and it the sun was just beating down and I could feel it like burning me through my shirt um, and I realized oh you know what if I were in Minneapolis right now it'd be like I don't know 55 degrees and I'd be really really comfortable and, those, <laughs> and I'm walking the streets in New Orleans I'm thinking I really should not have worn a black shirt today <laughs> <laughs> right right so I mean we, we love Minneapolis and so we thought for sure that we would end up uh, just going to Luther uh, Seminary there in yep. in Minneapolis in St. Paul, and uh, we were just so intrigued by some of the things that are happening at Philadelphia um, with the the new school that they're forming with Gettysburg, with the Urban Theological Institute, and um, there's a role that I that we are still working out the details on, um, but that looks like we're going to have a, a a special role on campus, and that's going to be that we're going to be um, the composers in residence, which will be oh, a that's new, cool. Yeah, a new thing on campus there, and so we're going to be able to write songs, um, congregational songs, liturgical songs, uh, in the same vein that we've been doing for these last couple of years. Um, <laughs> it just now has an official title. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. So, um, and which we is feel just really, great. really honored to yeah. have that opportunity. Um, and it's exciting. It's exciting to think about um, studying in a new way and being engaged in conversations that are uh, theological and push us and pull us, and at the same time still being encouraged to write music. And all of that just seems really hopeful right now. It seems super exciting. Yeah. It seems in some ways that the, the Holy Spirit is really at work in all this process to be able to offer you that opportunity, not only to fulfill your call to ministry in, in attending seminary, but also to continue the ministry that you guys have been doing for the last 15 years and in, in writing music and sharing that with the church. It's, it's huge. It's, oh, I mean, so, you know, when and, we started applying, we just thought we'd cast the net out there and see what happened. Yeah, sure. And, you know, we get this opportunity and it just feels exactly. It's, it's so um, easy to see the Holy Spirit's work in this right now. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear that the institutional life that we share and are a part of is was open to it as well. So that's fantastic. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. Thank you. So is um, as we wrap up here, is there anything else that um, you'd like to, to talk about or share with our audience? Well, um, we... Uh, you guys are you're you're out on the the eastern seaboard, and we're going to be moving out there. So um, uh, we'd be glad to to receive advice on um, you know uh, restaurants, <laughs> things to experience, uh, and 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 places to go, and and uh, surviving driving in Pennsylvania. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It, well, send send your tips our way. Um, we're going to be. Um, you know, we like to stay busy. We always say we'd rather be busy than bored. So yep. um, we haven't done a lot of playing in New England. Um, but if uh, if your listeners are interested, they can find our music uh, at tangledblue.com. And uh, there's free songs you can download. You can listen to some of our newer liturgical songs there. Uh, we're on iTunes and Amazon MP3 and Spotify and other places like that too, um, but uh, but yeah, we just love to hear from folks, and and 
find out what they love about their corner of the world because we're going to be um, new New Englanders, I guess. Is, Although, is I don't Pennsylvania know. Yeah, do you, do, you, do you consider Pennsylvania? Probably not, huh? You guys up there? Yeah, Pennsylvania is not in New England, but uh, <laughs> well, you're close enough. It's kind we'll, of we'll, its own animal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're close enough, so we'll adopt you anyway. So that's all right. right. <laughs> okay, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, thanks so much for the ministry that you do and uh, for your partnership and uh, for being on with us. We really appreciate you taking some time. Thanks for having thanks, us. Thanks, Jeff and Joe. Yeah, and. Yeah, it was so great to reconnect with you guys, and uh, so excited that you're still going out to uh, Vanderkamp out there in Central New York to uh, play and minister to that those crew, and and hopefully, uh, I'm pretty sure we'll we'll be seeing you soon, um, and when you come up here to New England and and play for us. So um, thanks again for coming on, and thank you for uh, joining us for another episode of the Two Bald Pastors where we connect our faith with our life. Uh, once again, I'm Joe McGarry. And I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. Have a great week, and we'll talk soon. Be blessed. Bye now. Thanks, guys. All right.